Hello, and welcome back to Thirsty, the podcast. I'm Heather McGee. And I'm Laura Koo. Today, we're asking the question, is it true that there is a rise of lonely single men? Okay, Psychology Today somewhat recently put out an article titled The Rise of Lonely Single Men. It's a very clickbaity title. Um, and we thought this would be a great topic for us to talk about today. Um, it's probably important to say it was written by a therapist um, and a presumably heterosexual man with the way it was written. Uh, sidebar, there are a lot of pretty funny TikToks out there about it, <laughs> having all kinds of things to say. I'll recap some of the, the big points here. Some of the excerpts, um, and this is from the article, younger and middle-aged men are the loneliest. I'm going to be extra dramatic in my retelling of the excerpts. Younger and middle-aged men are the loneliest they've ever been in generations, and it's probably going to get worse. Another one. Over the last 30 years, men have become a larger portion of that growing group of long-term single people. Is there a group of that? That's a little scary. Okay. <laughs> um, and then three broad trends that it, that it hit on there uh, suggests that heterosexual men are in for a rough road ahead. Dating apps, relationship standards, and skills deficits. This is from the article. This is all from there. I'm not saying this. That's what the article says. For dating apps, whether you're just starting to date or if you're recently divorced, uh, dating apps are a huge driver. I mean, we all know you got most people use apps to meet new people. Um, and this says that it's a huge driver of new romantic connections in the United States. The only problem is that upwards of 62% of users are men and many women are overwhelmed with how many options they have. Don't know if I agree with that statement. Yeah, but I have some thoughts. Okay, <laughs> okay we're going to come back to that. Another one about relationship standards. With so many options, it's not surprising that, and this is how I think he talks, with so many options, it's not surprising that women are increasingly selective. They prefer men who are emotionally available, good communicators, and share similar values. I don't know if that's a new thing, but okay. Skills deficits. For men, this means a relationship skills gap that if not addressed will likely lead to fewer dating opportunities, less patience for poor communication skills, and longer periods of being single. This article is really dire. It's dramatic. <laughs> that was my best dramatic reading. I won an award for dramatic reading in high school. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> All right. So dating, let, let's hit this. Let's hit this somewhat uh, methodically. Dating apps. So this says men represent approximately 62% of dating app users. And it, it doesn't qualify, you know, in terms like is this heterosexual. Like, I, I don't understand that part. It just says Yeah, 62%. I feel like we have to read it from that lens because I feel like that's yeah. the tone of this article. Yeah, we're having to make some assumptions here, everyone. So we're just doing our best as, you know, well, Laura's a researcher. I'm not. Men represent approximately 62% of dating app users, lowering their chance for matches. I've heard many men just swipe right on everyone. I definitely don't think they look at profiles until they've actually matched with somebody and then are having a conversation 100%. So I agree okay. with that thought. Yep. Okay. 
Do you think, I mean, is that like, what do you hear from men that you've dated or matched with in terms of like, do you think they would agree with us that they have a hard time getting matches at all? See, what I hear is that there are so many like scam profiles that they see of women's profiles that it's really hard to like connect with anyone who's real. And that Mm. many, many men have shared that. Oh, interesting. I feel like their experience has been quite a bit different than ours. Yeah, I would agree. Because we don't see that kind of stuff um, Mm -mm. or I've never seen any of that. But yeah, I mean, if you if you feel like there are less heterosexual women on the apps that are real and then they just get buffered in with all of this fake stuff, too, which probably also is really distracting from whatever they're trying to do. Um, it's probably not the easiest experience to actually have a real connection. But on the flip side, we're real people. And when people match with us, we try and have real conversations and they're not good at conversing back. So if they're not getting great matches and then they do match, why are they all like the majority of them are duds? Yeah. This is a mystery that Laura and I have discussed on occasion because I will agree with Laura, you know, our sample size of two here (laughs) that most of the men I've matched with over the last like two and a half years have said things like, I don't get a lot of matches except for the person I'm dating now. Apparently he got a lot of matches, but he's also good at dating. So maybe that had something to do with it. Um, like we've, most of the men that we have matched with have at some point said something about like, yeah, there's just, you know, hard for me to match with anyone. It just barely ever happens. And then sometimes you go on dates with them and they just treat you like trash And so we wonder if you're not getting a lot of matches, why are you acting like that? Like, I would think you would like act right. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And yeah, I would say like our experiences were like, if I'm actively dating and making an effort, I might have three or four dates on a weekend, like individual, like first dates, like on over the course of a weekend, that's not happening with any of the men that I have dated or talked to where I have gotten the sense where like their weekend is stacked with first dates. So like, no, I don't think that they are matching at a high level, but then again, they're matching when they do, and they're not that great to match with. So I don't understand. Like, I feel like saying that the dating apps and the ratios being an issue is kind of a cop out in this article. If you want to, if I want to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't really agree with a lot of things in the article, but there's something to it. There are seeds of truth. Mm -hmm. And like, to be honest, I really don't, I don't know. A real research firm needs to get in there and actually do this research and come back with something that is validated. Cause I'd be interested in that. Cause it is, it is weird. Like I will say out of all our girlfriends that are dating every single one of you, like let's take Tinder. We have all talked about like looking in our likes queue thousands. Mm -hmm. There are thousands of likes. I think my top was over 6,000 at one point at my height of queen of Tinderdom. (laughs) Um, and I remember a few of the guy and one guy in particular, um, he asked me about that and he was like, yeah, you've got it so much easier. I've got maybe 50 and most of them are in in Wisconsin. I was like, I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't get it. It, it, The whole thing is a mystery to me. Like, I think if I wasn't matching very often, I would probably be on my A game. Mm-hmm. That's I where mean, it gets confusing. Well, and I, I have a theory and like at times I wonder if some of these men, have, the ones that are treating you like trash or, you know, royal you, if they have insecurity issues and they match with a woman and that's like their way of asserting their like ability to be like, oh, I'm not, you're not, I'm not interested. Like, it's almost like a weird game. 
Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me exactly the way they're acting if they're not getting that many matches. Yeah. Again, I feel like the dating app ratios is not the issue. It's the people on the dating apps that are the issues. I don't think the quantities are the problem because it's, yes, we have a lot more options, but when you whittle it down to those that you're attracted to, that are responsive, that will actually match with you, whatever, like it's not a huge number. You have to weed through thousands to find, you know, 10 that are interesting. Um, but when I do match with them and when you match with them, we have engaging conversations and we attempt to date because that's why we're there. So I don't, I don't think the app is the issue. So, okay. Do you think it is easier for women to get a date? Yes. Yeah. What turns you on versus off when it comes to swiping? Like if you are, you know, like how can we say like what my, what a man puts in his profile, what would make you swipe right versus like, I'm just going to take a guess again, sample size of our girlfriends. I would say the swipe right is like one in every 350 to 500. (laughs) So what are those ones that will make you swipe right? Um, I mean, I like a completed profile that is somewhat funny. I want to know where you live so that I know that you're local and not just like from out of town because mileage tells me that if you're seven miles away from me, like, do you live there? Like, what does that mean? So I want to, I want some sense of a location or your profile to say like whereabouts you might live. Um, decent pictures. And I think, I think the pictures are the biggest thing for me. And we've talked about this. Like if I swipe through three pictures and they're great and the fourth one is terrible, I will swipe, swipe left. Like that fourth picture will ruin it for me, which sounds very shallow, but it's just like this immediate turnoff. So like we need a solid stack of good pictures. Yeah. Well, I always feel like the fourth bad picture is what you really look like. Of the time. Or if it's all group pictures or like stuff like that, like you can tell, I mean, I think all of that boils down to like, is somebody actually making an effort? Because I think you can usually tell if somebody is like there for real reasons because they actually want to date versus someone who's just on there screwing around. So I think like you can definitely tell effort. So how, now here, now we're getting to the part of it that I think is a little bit more interesting. Relationship standards, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as relationship standards rise. I don't know about that. Are we sure that's true? I feel like that feels like a cop-out too. Yeah. Like women are demanding more because they should and men aren't reaching them where they're at. They're, I mean, it's just. Yeah. I listen to a lot of dating podcasts, both because, you know, we, this podcast is a date, you know, to a large degree is a dating and relationships podcast. So I like to listen to, and also I like getting advice, you know, I like, I like learning and there's one podcast that I really enjoy. Um, and they mentioned this article and they're very anti, I have to say though, I want to validate women out there that. I I don't know. Like, I, I feel like most of the men I've met don't really care they don't, they're not trying to be a good person. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like most of the men I met are not trying to be a good person. Most of them are not like trying to do self-improvement. Most of them are not in therapy. And I know like that's become kind of a joke. Like, oh, are you in therapy? We can't go on dates unless you're in therapy. And I know that's a joke at this point, but I do appreciate a man who is working on themselves in some way, whether it's therapy or books or, or even just being aware of things they want to do better most men that I have met are not like that. Whereas every woman 
I've met is. And so, I mean, I can't just like dismiss that. Like, I don't, and I know I'm just speaking from my like sample size of myself and my girlfriends, but I don't know that that's totally inaccurate. I just feel like the tone of this article is a little like, oh, the poor men that are getting left behind. Well, there's a piece of choosing to be left behind. We're all adults. You under, you know, you can do research and read self-help and relationship books and listen to the relationship podcasts and do all of the things if you really want to work for it. Like relationships are work. If you want a functional, healthy relationship, you have to put in the work and meet the other person where they're at. So no, if you're not willing to do that work, you are going to get left behind and you should get left behind. Yeah. Do you think, well, here's a question I have. Do you think women's standards are really rising or like, what is the, I don't know. Cause I think women have always wanted men who could communicate men who plan men who took on an equal share of the household, men who took care of themselves. You know, like, I, I think that's something women have always wanted. Like, what is the, what's the difference here that he's identifying? Well, I see it more as also that shift that women don't need to get married in their when they're 22. They can if they want to, but they don't need to because most women have aspirations for a career and aren't looking to just immediately get married all of the time. Whereas, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that was much more common um, and that has shifted significantly. So I think women are able to take a step back and be more thoughtful about who they want their partner to be and not rushing things. Um, And that allows them to think about what their standards are versus, you know, I think many of us have stories of our parents who got married 40 plus years ago. It was probably like the, you know, a lot of our moms, it was the first person that they had really ever dated is who they married. I think that was really, really common. So I don't know that there was a lot of like evaluating of really what you want. It's like, well, you dated this one person and they asked you to marry them probably relatively quickly. And you did that. And I think just everything has shifted so much that that doesn't happen anymore or it's, it happens less. Sorry. Well, this is a real question. Like, I actually don't know what I think about this. I think maybe there's some truth to this. Sometimes you hear people say that dating apps have changed dating fundamentally because you have so many more options. And so many people will treat dates as disposable. Like there's always the thought of, well, I can easily trade up. I can easily like upgrade. I can always find somebody else. And I was thinking about it. I think there might be some truth to that. Like I remember my 20s, I'm this how old I am apps were just getting started I think it was like eHarmony and match which are like the grandparents Mm -hmm. of apps and those were emailing like it wasn't it was different it was so different there was no swiping it was emailing and messaging and yeah I mean I I never dated more than one person at a time back then you know and and part of that was I wasn't meeting that many people like I just didn't have that access it was Mm -hmm. like who I met at the bar who I met that I worked with or that I met out and about And then kind of on apps. And now, I mean, like we've said, at least for women, thousands of like, like, there's just a lot more people. And I did wonder if maybe that does change dating a bit. Like people don't take it as seriously. They don't really invest and things like are just much more superficial. And I wonder if that's impacted the quality of connections and relationships that people have. Well, you kind of honed in on something too, because you've, I think, talked about this and before, before either with me or on the podcast, I can't remember, but like meeting somebody in the wild, like this is like this revolutionary thing. 
but you just said like in your 20s you were meeting people out at bars and at work and connecting with people more in real life than I would again I can't speak for those that are dating who um you know aren't divorced with children because that definitely limits like my, like I'm just not out as much. So if you're in your early twenties now, you maybe are more now and you are more likely to meet people in the wild. But for you and I, I feel like we find it's harder to have those opportunities to actually meet people outside of an app, but that definitely is a different situation because you're connecting in person immediately versus messaging and all of this other stuff before you ever actually meet. And it's just a different situation. Yeah, you're right. It's it's automatically to like level two or three in person. Mm-hmm. Automatically, I know I'm and I'm into them. I'm interested. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know. It, that that's just kind of interesting to me. Well, my secondary question is: if it's true that women are getting more confident about asking for what they want, you know, demanding what they want, and I think part of it too is. For a lot of women, the default is not being in a relationship. The default is being alone. Like I'm happy. I am fine Mm -hmm. by myself and I'm looking for someone to make my life better. I'm not looking for a man I have to take care of. I'm not looking for a man who can't communicate, who isn't working on himself, who doesn't care about me, who isn't loving. That doesn't make my life better. So I'm not interested. And perhaps in the past, women didn't demand that as heavily. I I don't know. Is that, do you think that's wrong or is there something to that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think communication is a big piece of that and something that is where, you know, probably like when I think about like what I want and where like my quote unquote standards lie, like I feel like communication is at the top of the list of what I look for of somebody's ability to be a really open and thoughtful communicator. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that was something that I had ever really thought about in my younger years for sure or was looking for, because again, it was, I don't know. I mean, maybe that part of it is that shift of like, when you're younger, you may be a little bit more superficial. And when you've gone through some stuff in life, it redirects what you are looking for. And maybe that's this piece of this, of you know, people who have either been single for longer, like, you know, out of their twenties and had life experiences, or you've been married and divorced and you've had all of those experiences or whatever it is, but you've like had lived some real life. It's a big shift to your, um, to your standards because you've learned a lot through that process. And when I was 22 and dating, and I mean, I met my ex-husband when I was, I don't know, 22, 23, something like that wasn't thinking about any of these things because I hadn't had real life experiences and real relationships and all these things to really understand what I wanted in a partner. That's interesting. I wonder too, if it's a development thing, because they, something else I've noticed, because this, the, the other side of the coin here is, well, why aren't men's standards going up too? You know, and I don't know if it's a privilege thing, you know, that they've had different experiences by and large than women have. Something else I've noticed too, is I think women are more open to exploring and getting out there and trying new things. I feel like at least in my life, that's what I've seen. And so at this point in my life, I feel like I've actually done everything I ever really wanted or needed to do in my life. My bucket list is done. And so at this point, it's just new experiences, things that are fun, but I don't have anything that's like burning a hole in my soul that I've never done. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've met a lot of men that locked it down, got married early. They didn't explore. Some of them didn't like date very many people at all. And now they're acting like they're 22 and they're like 45. 
Yeah. It's really weird to me because it's like, I'm not that gal. Sorry. I did that one 20 years ago. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting here too, or something I've noticed at least in the men I've dated. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get it that you never did those things. You should go do that. But that's not where I'm at anymore. And I feel like most of the women I know don't have that type of mentality about dating. Like they're not trying to go out there and knock a bunch of things off their bucket list because they have explored, they have developed, they have worked on themselves. And so it just feels like, at least for me, a lot of the men that I have met, that's just not really their their viewpoint or approach, which is fine, but it's definitely a mismatch. And it kind of makes it hard to go out with that person because you're just on two different pages. Well, and I wonder too, if more and more women are just like going and doing those things independently and not really like looking for a partner to go do those things with. So yeah, there's no, that's true. Okay. So skills gaps, men need to address skills deficits to meet healthier relationship expectations. I mean, that's the, that's the other side of the coin from women's standards. What do you think? I mean, I think this is the, the biggest challenge and point threading through all of this. It's like the dating apps aren't the issue. It's the the skills gaps that are the issues. And like, if the skills are there, then I would assume that other things might all come together as well. Well, and the thing, I, I don't know if I like calling it skills gaps because I am not going to infantilize these men and I'm not going to baby them. I, I do a hundred percent agree that it feels like Many men aren't good at meeting women on a level that is attractive. I agree. Um, But I'm not going to say they just don't know how to date. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, all these men are doofuses. No, I think they do know. I think they do know how to treat women well. I think they do know how to plan a date. I mean, we've talked about this. This is why in the group chat, oh, he brought me flowers. Oh, he planned a date. Like that. that's table stakes, guys table stakes but yet we get so excited about it because so many men don't do those things Mm -hmm. you know like we've said I would say I've planned at least 75% of the dates I've been asked asked on it's always disappointing when that happens but I'm like okay fine whatever I'm not going to get all hung up on this but again I'm not going to say that they don't know how to date I think they do they just aren't doing it yeah I mean I think you can read skills gaps in different ways it's not necessarily the not knowing it's the not using or not being willing to investigate and self-reflect more. Like if dating isn't going well for you, that doesn't mean that you are a jerk to the matches that you have, or you're more aggressive or whatever. It means take a step back and figure out where do you need personal growth? Or do you need to take a step back? Or like, again, cause those are all the things that we do. Like if dating isn't connecting in the right way, it's like, all right, do I need to take a pause? Do I need to delete my apps. Do I need to like, invest more in myself or a hobby or whatever, and not focus on dating as much rather than just like going at it again and again, when it's just not working and not changing anything. What do you think too, about the idea that like, so I I do feel like the dating pool is different after divorce because people have a lot more emotional trauma. Some people are working on it. Some people are not. Um, I feel like there are, I mean, there's phases. We're all in phases, depending on at what point in healing you're in and also where you want to go. You know, like, do you want to become that healed person that wants to, like, are you looking to be in love at some point? And I'm not even talking about marriage or anything. I'm just talking about, do you want to be in love with someone again at some point? And you're working towards that. Then there are people that are not interested in that at all whatsoever. 
they just want to sleep with a whole bunch of people, you know? And I think that kind of comes into play here too, that I think maybe there are larger groups of men that are in the second category and there are larger groups of women in the first category. And, and so, and then they date and then it doesn't work out very Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. It's two completely different, different relationships. Um, We were actually just talking about that a while ago about a relationship I was in where I think it was two people having two completely different relationships because I wanted something that was going to grow and be real. And he wanted kind of that other side of the coin and the more kind of casual, less serious connection, but no one was being more upfront about what they wanted. Um, But I do, (laughs) I do feel like, again, we can only speak for what we see. So I don't know what the men are seeing on the women's profiles and, you know, what other women are putting out there. I only know what we're putting out there and what we're seeing, but I just see so much of immediately casual. I want casual. I'm not looking for something serious, like over and over and over again. And like, that's not attractive to me. It's, it's I mean, that's fine. But I also feel like it's, we've talked about this. It's prescribing before you even connect with somebody to know what it is. You're just saying right off the gate, like this is just going to be casual, but why are all of these men just looking for like a super, super casual relationships? Yeah. It, well, and it's not actually working for them. Like they're not getting anything because nope. I'm sorry. Most human beings don't want to be treated like a piece of meat. I'm sorry. I get that's what you want, but most people don't like that. And I think they think it's more attractive because they're putting it out there. Like they're letting you know beforehand that they're just looking for something casual. Like they're being like, really like, you know, like a, a good guy and just, you know, being up front. Well, you knew that's what all I was looking for, but it's like, that really all you want for yourself? Like <laughs> who, who are the women who also just want this like super equally casual situation? Because I feel like that does like taper the pool down even smaller of who they're going to connect with. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's plenty of women out there, you know, there's a the saying for it. And I, I don't think I can say on the podcast because it's kind of, uh, I guess a little out there, but women that I have, have just gotten divorced and they're out there kind of going wild, you know, cause mm-hmm. they've been through a thing and they're just trying to work through some stuff. They still don't want to be treated like a piece of meat. FYI. You know, I remember the one person I matched and this was a long time ago. He was really attractive. We actually had a lot of chemistry. He was really funny, but it was day one. We'd only been talking for a few hours. And he said, you know, just to be up front, I'm only looking for casual. And I was like, well, I haven't even met you. So I don't even, I don't even know if I want to we just started talking. Like, I, I know nothing at this point. And then he said, yeah, he said, I just like to put that out there because um, I don't know what's going on, but I go out on dates with women and sometimes they don't put out, this is how he put it. They don't put out until the second or third date. And I just want to know if you're going to sleep with me if we go out. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, usually I open with, hey, do you want to get a drink and we'll see where things go? I was like, that's what I would have said. And he was like, oh, well, let me roll it back. I'll try that again. I was like, no, you ruined it. It's too late. Good luck. Good luck. I already know I'm a piece of meat to you. And I don't like that. Gross. Yeah, I just think they like ruin it for themselves. I'm just thinking about all the matches I've made where they just went about it all the wrong way. And like, I see what it, well, it's also like what you were saying, like, I think sometimes they think if they are very open about what they're looking for, that makes it okay. Because then later they can be like, well, I told you. It's kind of like announcing, I'm going to treat you poorly. You know, I, I don't know. It's like, that still makes you a jerk. Well, Sorry. it also is so awkward at that point. Like I've had those two where it's like, they, they say that after 
you've matched and talked a little bit and they're like, oh, by the way, I'm just looking for something casual right now or whatever. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? Do I like just say no, thank you? Maybe I'm not looking for like my next husband and I'm just looking for like a nice normal, like what is that level of casual? We're just like, I just, it just, it just, it's so awkward. I'm like, so do I back out of the situation? Do I go on that? Like, I don't, I don't ever know how to handle it. Cause it just feels like it boxes you into a, like a weird corner. I so agree. I think like the, on the surface, you think, oh, I'm just looking for casuals. Like you're looking for simple and uncomplicated. I actually think that's way more complicated. Mm -hmm. I personally, I don't like dating with rules. I like to meet someone. If I enjoy getting to know them, if I enjoy hanging out with them, if I look forward to spending time with them, the end, like, I'm not going to sit here and create like an FAQ of all the rules and what's allowed to happen and what's not allowed to happen. Like, I, I don't know how you date that way. I don't understand that. I know people do, you know, like they decide from the jump, I'm not going to fall in love with you. I'm not going to care about you. I'm not. And it's just like, I don't understand how that works for you. I don't either. Or I also dislike it when you get asked what you're looking for before they have shared what they're looking for. And you know that the answer is they're looking for something casual, but they're putting you on the spot to like say, like to show your cards first. But it's like that question is them showing their cards hundred percent. Yeah. I read a thing about that too. You know, they, um, so something about the rise of lonely single men, something that I I do want to bring up because I think this is fascinating is that most major cities have these Facebook groups called, are we dating the same guy? (laughs) And I'm just going to tell you the seeds of truth in this article. Well, I don't agree with everything. And like we've agreed some of it's a cop out. The seeds of truth are on wild display in these groups, you know, of women saying things like, oh, he invited me over to his house for a first date, you know, and like all kinds of chicanery that they deal with. And I don't think that there are Facebook groups. Are we dating the same woman? Like, Mm -hmm. I I just don't think that exists. Um, and I think these, some of these groups are like problematic for sure, because I think if you feel the need to post about the guy you're dating in one of those groups, probably not the date for you. Um, but I I don't know, just judging from like the existence of those groups, I I, I don't know that this article is entirely inaccurate. Mm -hmm. All right. Any big takeaways for you? What do you think? Again, I think my big thing is that when women have less of a need for a man um, and are again, living their lives, they're happier. And like, like you said, the default is single and happy. And if you happen to meet someone great, then great, but otherwise you're fine without puts men in a weird juxtaposition where like they have, like, I think they almost kind of don't know where they fit in a certain way because they were used to like, you know, being essential. Correct. Correct. Correct word. And I think that is what this article is really speaking to. It's like women have changed and evolved. And I don't know that all, you know, some men obviously meet us there because we meet the good ones who are in, you know, doing all the things. And, um, but a lot of men that we have interacted with as well, like they just aren't, aren't working on the things and rising to where women in our society are right now. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, again, I'm just going to always go back to if this isn't working for you. Why aren't you changing it? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Clearly, I, I feel like just with our, the way you could hear Laura and I were talking slower today and like thinking about things. I think this article, I know for me, like there were a lot of things I was like, is that true? Maybe it is true. I don't know. Why is it like that? I don't know. I, it I do just think it's feels like a pity party. Like this article just has the tone of kind of, oh, the poor men, there are more of them that are alone and no one wants them. And it's like, if this was written about, I mean, it would just be, so I don't know, like they'd be like, oh, these are all the things that women are doing wrong and they suck and they're terrible and they're all single. There wouldn't be a pity party. It would be like finger pointing and how terrible women are. <laughs> like, yeah, for the no, men, right. it's like, oh, they're sad and alone. Yeah. They need some help. They need some seminars for their skills gaps. Well, it's also like leading off with like dating app statistics and, oh, how can they ever compete? There are so many less women on the apps. It's like, no, like you can still be one of the good ones who's engaging and tries to date in a real way and is nice and doesn't harass women on dating apps and do all this other nonsense. Like you can be one of the good ones and I guarantee you, you're going to match well with women. Yeah. I mean, I will say the person I've been dating, I, 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 you know, cause I was just interested and I asked him about it one day. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have plenty of matches. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm not surprised. I mean, he is, and he's good at dating. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that. I think I just assumed cause he was a man. It's like hard for all of them. And no, it's, it's hard for some men. I'll have to ask the guy that I'm dating if he has had, if he had similar experiences or not. We've talked a little bit, but I don't know like what, like if he, he's pretty cute. I'm assuming he was matching. Okay. But I have, I have actually no clue. I mean, I have asked past people that I've dated as far as like what it looks like on their side and some of that other stuff and kind of the, the spammy things that happen, but I haven't asked about like match, um, you know, how frequently they match or anything like that. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know. This article did give me a lot to think about, but yeah, it's like, oh, pity party. You're right yeah, about that. So sad. I don't feel that sad. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. And I guess we're going to, someday we're going to find out for sure if there's a rise of lonely single men. Yeah. Men, let us know. Yeah. Are <laughs> you lonely and single? We would like to know. bye (laughs) still thirsty don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and all your favorite podcasting platforms because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more